You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. All right, Psalm chapter 1 here, and we are going to be continuing this. This morning, uh, we looked at fertile soil, and tonight, as we look at this passage, uh, we're going to look at a fruitful tree. And I don't know about you, but I want God's blessings in my life. I desire that to be the case. And here we find about this blessed man, uh, those that are in RU and go through the program of RU. Uh, this is a passage of scripture that everyone that's in RU memorizes. Uh, it is a passage uh, for all believers to know. And this, this should be something that we go back to in our mind. You know, there are certain verses that are foundational. And, of course, the verses of salvation, those are, those are vital. You look at Psalm 1, you look at, uh, you look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Uh, there are so many passages of Scripture that just help guide us as we go through our day and in our life. And things that we can use as filters as we are endeavoring to try to, uh, to follow God's plan for our life. And God has a plan for our life. Amen. All right, let me say that again. We're Baptist, all right? God has a plan for our life. Amen. And with that plan, majority of that plan is identical for all of us. Most of what God has given us is the same for all. It, it is the same for all of us. Now, there may be spe specific areas that God gifts one person and does not gift another person. There may be talents or uh, things that God wants us to do, and there may be specifics in our life. But when we look at the believer uh, as a whole, most of it is, it is the same for all of us. There are a few things that are uh, different, but for the most part, it's the same. You know, as we, as we look at that then, we need to make sure that we are focusing on the revealed will of God. Too often, we are trying to find some spook, spooky idea of God's will for my life. He's already given it to us right here. That's it. And then with that, the Holy Spirit of God will guide, He will direct, He will illuminate uh, and help us to see. He will, he will guide us, but He will only guide us according to His Word. So that's why it's so important to make sure that we are following biblical principle. When people say, well, Pastor, God's, God led me to do this. I don't know how many times somebody has told me that, and it was something that was foolish. It was something that was unbiblical. Well, God told me to move to uh, Texas or to Idaho, or I'm just throwing places out. I'm not attacking anybody here. Uh, Montana uh, or wherever the place is. Well, where are you gonna, going to church? Well, we haven't got that far yet. God won't lead you to go somewhere outside you being obedient to him. Amen. Uh, that's, that's like saying, well, God led 
led uh, Elimelech down to Moab. No, they got judged. Now, God is a God who will bless, and God can take all things and work together for good to them that love him, but it doesn't mean that it was his will for us to go out of his will. And so it's important for us. We want to be that blessed individual. We read through Psalm 1, 1 through 3, and we, we read it, and it's like, oh, that would be just so nice. But it's available for all of us. And so uh, here, as we look at it, we're going to look at a, the, a fruitful tree. A fruitful tree. Let's look again at the text. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, shall prosper. We underline that last little phrase, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper, as though God is telling us we can do what we want to do, and then he has to prosper us. And that is not Bible. Uh, so, so God helps us here. So we're going to look at this fruitful tree, uh, the fruitful tree. Now, uh, this individual is likened, the blessed man uh, is likened to that fruitful tree, uh, and that tree is blessed. So verse number three, what we're going to see first of all uh, is this, uh, this fruitful tree, uh, he brings forth fruit. Pretty simple. A fruitful tree brings forth fruit. Amen. All right, now, when we look at that, uh, it's not the fruit of the Spirit. That's the Spirit's fruit. It's the fruit of the Christian. And the fruit of a Christian is another Christian. Fruitfulness. All right, so, he shall be like a tree, verse 3, planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So, fruitfulness is the ultimate outcome of everything that God has created. It's a part of God's plan. Uh, we can go to the very beginning of creation, and we will see that fruitfulness is is wound into all of God's creation. Fruitfulness. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. All right. I know it is warm in here tonight, uh, so stay, uh, stay uh, engaged on purpose. All right. Uh, okay. So, uh, Psalm, or I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 1. Let's look at verse number 11. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 11. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit. What are those next three words? After his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth and 
it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the third day. So here uh, we have this, uh, this third day, and in the creation, as God is creating, he is creating everything to produce after his kind, whether it's the grass, whether it's a tree, everything here, the seed is in itself and it is going to replicate, it is going to reproduce after his kind. Let's skip down to verse 20 and we'll look at day five. Verse 20, and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that, it, uh, that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly. What are those next three words? After their kind. And every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let the fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. So here again, now you have the creation. Uh, we see uh, not just the, the plant life. Now we are seeing the, uh, the water and the fowl and the, uh, all the life that is in both and they were to be fruitful and multiply. Uh, let's skip down to verse, or go to the next verse, 24, and we'll look at the sixth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. There is no confusion here in creation. God made man, male and female. There is no other. I can identify as a cow. It does not make me a cow. I ate a cow earlier today for dinner, all right, uh, but... All of this confusion, the devil is the author of confusion. God is not. God is very clear. There is male, there is female. God is the one that designed marriage. God is the one that designed humanity. He's the one that gives us our identity. It is not a choice that we make. It is God who made the choice. He is the giver of life. Amen. There may be some people that are confused, but confusion does not eradicate truth. Just because somebody says some, something does not make a re, it a reality. If I say two plus two is five, no matter how much I want to believe it, I'm wrong. Because two plus two is four. All right, two plus two is four. Isn't that right? 
Okay. All right. So, uh, so here, God, we have no problem with truth when it comes to things that are factual. And let me tell you, identity given by God, that's a fact. It is written in your DNA. The most complex scientific uh, uh, mathematical equation, it is written in the genetics of man. Uh, you have an X or a Y chromosome, and there, there is no arguing with that. And so here we see, though, that God made man. That wasn't my message, so I don't know uh, who needed it, whether it's online or somebody here. Uh, but, but God here, he is the one that chose uh, our identity. Uh, so let's see here. What verse did we stop on? 27. Uh, and so verse 28, God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And subdue it. So God here is talking to man and woman. He tells them to be fruitful, to multiply, replenish uh, the earth here. So uh, the male, male cannot do that. Female, female cannot do that. Uh, and so God's, God's plan uh, is the same. Uh, and then uh, he says, and God blessed them, said, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you, it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So God's plan is for fruitfulness. It's the plan uh, physically. It is the plan spiritually. It is the plan numerically for his kingdom. God's plan is for his kingdom to expand. Uh, his plan uh, is uh, physical, spiritual, numerical, uh, bountifully. Uh, God wants uh, us to, uh, to be fruitful. So uh, this principle of sowing and reaping is a principle that, that falls into every area uh, of life. And so uh, the fruit of a Christian is another Christian. All right, go to Mark chapter number uh, 16. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, and look with me at verse number 15. Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Uh, and here uh, we, we find the, the going into all the world, the preaching of the gospel. And then this morning as we were with the teenagers and going over uh, baptism by immersion, uh, we also addressed here in Mark 16, 15, uh, 16, 16, uh, just uh, to help people who struggle with uh, baptismal regeneration. We are not saved by being baptized. 
We get baptized because we are saved. So look again at verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. All right? So what part of this causes a person to be damned? Not believing. All right? So it is the not believing that causes a person not to be saved. When we talk about repentance for salvation, it is not the repentance of all your sin because you and I don't even know our sin. Uh, we don't even have the, the deceitfulness of our sin. Uh, the, uh, we are deceived by it. We don't even know the depths of sin that we have or are even capable of. Uh, and so uh, we, have to be, we have to repent of the sin of unbelief because unbelief is the sin that sends somebody to hell. Okay, so here it is a change of heart, mind, direction. So repentance just depends on what we're talking about. Uh, if we're talking about uh, being a, uh, uh, maybe being a, uh, uh, or drinking alcohol, and, uh, and if I'm going to repent of that, uh, my actions then show by stopping a change of mind uh, about that. If I'm repenting, my action will reveal that I stopped doing something. But we don't have to stop doing anything to be saved. We don't have to start doing anything uh, to be saved. Salvation is a gift. Uh, but what we do, it's a change. I go from uh, not believing in the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and I turn and I trust what Christ did on the cross. His death, his burial, his resurrection, his free gift of salvation. I accept that. Uh, and that was repentance. I turn from unbelief to belief. Uh, so uh, baptism has nothing to do with it, but baptism is one of the only two ordinances in the church. And there has been a loss of importance on baptism, and, and that is not God's plan. God, God gave the church two ordinances, the Lord's Supper and baptism. And, and with that, we need to elevate the value of those. Baptism is not a take-it-or-leave-it objective. It is not something, well, you know, we'll just do it later. No, baptism is, uh, it is primary. After a person accepts Christ as their salvation, for salvation, uh, immediately uh, we see people in the Bible getting baptized. There isn't a class. Come on now. There isn't a waiting period. Now, I'm going to say this. Parents, when do you want your kids to obey you? Well, you know, in this area, they can, they can just make that decision on their own later. Well, you know, we're just going to let them think about it. Try that when you tell them to clean up their room. Take out the trash. Our mindset about baptism is wrong. Baptism is a command... Amen. And it is immediately after salvation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized and there were added unto them uh, about 3,000 souls. Same, same time. Ethiopian eunuch, when he got saved, what doth hinder me to be baptized? Philip looked at him and said, if thou believest, thou mayest. That was, that was the, the dynamic. It wasn't understanding everything. 
Let me ask you a question. How much about salvation did you understand when you got saved? I understood zero doctrine. I just understood he opened the Bible. He told me it was, I was a sinner. I agreed. He told me that I deserved to go to hell because of that sin. I agreed. He told me that Jesus Christ loved me, paid for my salvation so I wouldn't have to go to hell, and asked me if I wanted to, to accept Christ. And I did. I didn't understand regeneration. I didn't understand uh, uh, sanctification or uh, many of the doctrines of the Bible. All I understood was I needed a Savior. You know what? All we need to understand about getting baptized, too, is that we got saved. God tells me to get baptized. Let's be obedient. All right. Uh, so Matthew uh, chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Go ye therefore, teach all nations... You know what? This message isn't even on baptism. It's, being on, it's about being fruitful. But you know what? If we're not going to be obedient, we're not going to be fruitful. It's, it's plain. It's simple. All right? So, uh, go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them. So we're baptizing them before we teach them. Is that right? It is. Uh, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Our obedience to the Lord uh, needs to come before we understand it all. We don't have to understand it. We just have to obey. And as we are being obedient, what we find is that God just helps us understand as we go along. And so here, uh, the, the fruitfulness there. Go to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. We're in teen class this morning, and uh, the, the clock on the back wall uh, in modular one, uh, I saw the big hand. It was quarter till. And I didn't look at the small hand to see what time it was. Well, the clock wasn't even working. And I look up, and it's a quarter till, and I see people walking around the parking lot. You guys that walk around in church, you messed me all up this morning. Uh, and so uh, here I am, I see people walk. I look up, I see the clock, it's a quarter till. So I tell the teens, okay, we're done. We pray. I go to dismiss. Mr. Brown goes, it's, it's only 1024. <laughs> I'm like, huh? I looked at it, I was like, okay, we're going back into the Bible. So the kids are like, oh, no, we got to. Uh, so uh, anyway, Luke chapter 13, look with me, verse 6. Luke 13, verse 6. The Bible says, and he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that uh, thou shalt cut it down. 
Uh, so here, what do we find? We find that there's an expectation of fruitfulness. You know, these, these, these uh, uh, people that own these orchards, the almonds across the way and the peach uh, just here to the west of us, uh, the, all of that labor, all of that work, they are expecting that they are going to get fruit. And if it, is, if it is not producing any fruit uh, here, uh, what are they going to do? They're going to try to figure out what, need, what does that, that plant need? What does that tree need to help it to become fruitful? We go back to the soil. Now they're going to dig about it. They're going to try to uh, make sure that uh, the, uh, the soil is prepared and they are going to fertilize uh, that, that tree, uh, trying to help it to become uh, have all the nutrients. Uh, but if it's not going to produce they're going to cut it down and put another tree there. You know, God's expectation for us is to be fruitful. It's not just to, to take up space. Now, I am thankful that we have people that come to church. But you know what? That isn't the number one goal. The number one goal isn't for us to take up 18 inches. 20 inches or no it is not just for us to take space God wants us to be productive God wants us to produce and fruitfulness is his plan and you and I we need to make sure uh, that we are being fruitful so this blessed man uh, is fruitful Uh, number two his leaf does not wither his leaf does not wither now what is that showing? When we think about that, that his leaf doesn't wither, you remember the fig tree? The Lord and the disciples, they were walking along and he saw a fig tree. And the Bible says it had leaves only. It had the appearance of fruitfulness. It had the appearance that there was going to be fruit there. The Lord came upon it and there were leaves only, no fruit. What did the Lord do? He cursed the fig tree. They went about their way. They came back through. And the disciples were like, man, look at this tree. It's dead. There is no life. The blessed individual shows life. There's life. I'm not talking about your breathing. I'm talking about there's vitality in your faith. There needs to be vitality in our faith. Let me ask you a question. Is the Lord good? If he is good, then we should enjoy our Christian life. I'm not saying we don't have burdens. I'm not saying that we don't have uh, trials and we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not minimizing those at all. But I am telling you that a blessed individual, they look blessed. They look blessed. There's, there's leaves. His leaf shall not wither. The proof of life is there. It's not going to wither. It's not going to die. It's not going to fade away. You know, too many Christians, they have seasons of blessing, and then it just, they just fade away. 
They have seasons of fruitfulness. And then all of a sudden you look around, where'd they go? You know, that's not God's plan. His leaf shall not wither. You know, uh, I, was, I was praying uh, this morning, uh, and I wake up, and, I, and I'll pray, uh, and Brother, Brother Jewel was on my mind. And it's praying for him. You know, when we have, we have people that have been faithful forever. You know what? Leaf shall not wither. It's just faithful from beginning to end. And just continuing. Uh, and and what, what a blessing that that is. Uh, so here, this individual, his profession uh, of faith in Christ, it is going to be living. Uh, there's leaves there. There's signs of life and vitality. There is the, uh, the sign that fruit's coming. You know what? We go through seasons where we're not always as fruitful as other seasons. But we should always have leaf. The, the sign of life should always be there because God is working in this blessed individual's life. And just like there are times and seasons where uh, we may uh, look back and there, there have been times and seasons in my own personal life where I, I feel like I have been more fruitful than at other times. Uh, but the reality is there should be life. And that life that we have, uh, it should not only show others that God has been good to us, that profession that we have, uh, just showing the goodness of God and the grace of God to us, uh, the, the signs of life and vitality, the signs of fruit, uh, these le- the leaves that shall not wither. According to Matthew Henry, he says this. He said, if the word of God dwells in the heart, it will keep the profession both to our comfort and to our credit. And I thought that was interesting, just a, uh, because we get to not only enjoy the blessings of God, it also, the blessings of God also validates. It validates. It validates that we are that blessed individual. Blessed is the man. And so here are these blessings that come. Uh, here, that leaf not withering. Uh, it is going to, to show the life. It's going to show that there is the coming fruit that is going to come there. It's God's grace. God's grace is evident. It's evident. His leaf shall not wither. God's goodness and grace should be evident in our life. Should be evident in our life. If it's not, we need to stop and we need to look at, okay, what's wrong with my soil? What, what, do, I, what do I need to do? Uh, maybe there's something that has been in my life. Maybe uh, my, my focus has changed, and we're going we're gonna to look at that here in just a second. Uh, but uh, we, should, we should endeavor uh, to be able to not only enjoy the, the grace of God, the blessings of God, uh, but, but with that, it should also be evidence for other people to see. Why? Because it will bring God glory. God's people, if God's goodness and grace to us should cause others to see they have something that I don't have. It should cause them to desire. I'm not talking about lifestyle evangelism, but there ought to be a testimony that we have that others look and say, man, there's something different about that person. God's different about that person. 
God's blessing in our life is what makes the difference. It's not who we are, uh, but we want to be that blessed individual. Uh, And a blessed person should know they're blessed. And if we're blessed and we know we're blessed, it'll look like we're blessed. There'll be joy. It's just going to come out. And that's where we, we need to be. His leaf shall not, whis, uh, shall not wither. Uh, so a blessed person, uh, he knows he is blessed. He glorifies God for the blessings. It's a testimony uh, to others of the Christian life. We've heard the, the uh, little phrase before, come on in, the water's fine. And it is. It is fine. But why would somebody want to get in the water? Why would somebody want to serve God? If it's, if it's only that, oh, I got to do this, and I can't do that, that's miserable. Focus is completely wrong. I get to serve the Lord. There are a lot of things that I don't do, not because he says I can't do them. I don't do them because I want to please him. And, and so here, uh, this testimony, uh, I, I wrote down in my notes, Deb and I are so blessed. We are blessed. And it's not because we're smart. She's smart. But it's not because we're smart. It's not because we figured out some, some specific uh, uh, formula to follow. No, we just have endeavored to follow the simple plan that God has given us in his word and it works. It works. And all of us can have that. We enjoy the blessings of following God's plan uh, in our faith, in our family, uh, our finances. God's been good. Uh, this individual, the blessed person, his leaf shall not wither. Uh, and so there's a testimony of God's grace. A testimony of God's grace. Now, now let, me, let me hit something real quick. Grace is something that God gives to all of us. And God is good to everybody. But grace is not an exception that says we can just do whatever we want to do. You know, when we, we look at the blessings of God, you know what, there isn't anything that I can do to cause God to love me more. But there are things that I can do to cause God's hand of blessing to be taken off of me. This idea that we can just live, we can just live and we don't have to do anything for God and God is just going to bless us. That's, that is not a biblical philosophy. This blessed man, God isn't saying everybody is like this tree that's planted by the rivers of water. It is not that God is saying that everybody that's my child is in this position. No, there are blessings that God gives, but he gives those blessings as we are following him. Sort of like you as a parent. Your kids are arguing, screaming, disobeying, fighting. Hey mom, can we stop and get some ice cream? No, (laughs) I'm not taking you anywhere. God, God, is, God is a lot more wise than we are. 
So, so here, uh, this blessing, we need to follow uh, his plan here. Uh, so we see uh, the, uh, the fruitful tree. And then lastly, I want you to see the prosperity of this blessed individual. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, hear this, whatsoever it is not non-quantitative. It is not saying, well, you can do whatever you want now and you're going to prosper. No, he's saying this person that is living this life of blessing, that is following my path, following my plan, that individual, as they continue to follow me, whatsoever they do, it shall prosper. If I walk away from the Lord, I can't quote this verse and say, you said you were going to prosper me. We're not going to hold God over a barrel for anything. And God doesn't owe us anything. Uh, so what's where he do, do it shall prosper, referring to this blessed individual, referring to all the future blessing that God has in store for this individual that's following him. All right? So, uh, so here we look at it. Uh, and who or what can we see about this blessed person? Let's go back to verse number 1. Psalm 1.1. 1, 1. We see in this, there's two different groups. Uh, we see a crowd of who he is not around. Verse 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. If you are walking in the counsel of the ungodly, God is not saying you are that blessed person. A, the blessed individual of Psalm 1 is an individual that is not walking in the counsel under the tutelage of, under the instruction of, under the guidance of those that are ungodly, without God. Now, uh, with that, there may be people that are saved who are living an ungodly life. Do not take their counsel. Don't take their counsel. Well, you know, they've been around a long time. Just because they've been around a long time does not mean that you should take counsel from them. Because somebody that's not following the Lord, somebody that's unsaved, they have a different worldview. And as a believer, we need to get counsel from those that are going the right direction. All right, so, uh, so this individual, uh, they are, uh, they are uh, not around those that, uh, they're not following the counsel of the ungodly. They're not standing in the way of sinners. What crowd are we with? Who is it that we spend time with? You know, after I got saved, my pastor, he used to say, if you lay down with dogs, you're going to wake up with fleas. And he said, one of the biggest decisions that needs to happen after you get saved is you have to find a new crowd. You've got to find a new crowd. You know what the crowd is for the believer? The church. It's the Christian. It's a new family. It's a new group. And that's, that's God's plan. He said, you're not walking, uh, you're not uh, uh, 
uh, sitting here. He, he said, you're not standing in the way of sinners. You are, you are not in that arrangement. You are not a part of the interaction of what's going on. We will be influenced by those whom we associate with. If you are associating with a critic, you will become a critic. You are associating with somebody that does not like church. They are going to impact your view about church. You, you hang around people who don't like Bible Baptist. You know what? Pretty soon, you're not going to like Bible Baptist. You know why? Because there's, there's going to be negative. We, we need to make sure that we are guarding who we spend time with, okay? Uh, so here, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way, way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. You know, that seat of the scornful, that is the critic. That, that is the one that's just tearing everything down. You know, it's always amazing to me, the people that do nothing know how to do everything. It's the people that can't run their finances want to tell you how to invest and save and run your finances. It's the people that don't know how to be faithful that want to tell you what being faithful is. It's amazing. The people that go to church hit or miss, they're the ones telling you you know what? You don't have to go to every service. You can be a good Christian and not go to church for all these services. Well, really? According to who? My Bible says, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. What, what does that mean? It's as we're getting closer to the second coming of Christ, uh, the rapture, we should be assembling more and more, not less and less. Amen. As we are growing in our faith, uh, we should be wanting to do more for the Savior, not less for the Savior. Why is it that there's crowds of people that are trying to draw us away and we feel like they are spiritual? What is that? Uh, here, well, he says this blessed individual, they're not sitting in the seat of the scornful. They're not, they're not listening uh, to that direction. So, uh, so he said, uh, we see who they're, they are not around. They're not around these people, this blessed individual. But what are they around? Look at verse 2. Verse number 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. His delight is in the law of the Lord. Now here when he's talking about the law of the Lord, he's not just talking about the Bible. He is talking about the law. The law was what God gave to direct It's God's rules. It is God's guidance. It is God's boundaries. And here, when we look at that, it says that he delights in the law of God. 
It's a person that says, Lord, I'm so thankful that you, you have given me these truths so I don't shipwreck my life. You know what? I am blessed, and it's not because I'm smart. It is ble- I'm blessed because God has put up some boundaries, and we've allowed those boundaries to become our boundaries, and we're not fighting the boundaries. We're embracing the boundaries, and you know what? With that, uh, I delight in it. I delight in all that God has given me to protect me from the evil, to protect me from myself. You know, I can self-destruct pretty quick. You can self-destruct pretty quick. I have watched people who knew their Bible better than, far better than what I know, who preach eloquently, educated, equipped, and I have seen them blow their lives apart. What happens? They start ignoring the, the laws of God. They're not delighting in it any longer. Now they're looking at the laws of God as though they are their enemy. And God says that blessed individual, they delight in the law of God. They say, Lord, I'm so glad you tell me what to do. Do you remember being a teenager? You didn't want anybody telling you what to do. I didn't. Then we get to be adults and we think we grow up and we still don't want anybody telling us what to do. But you know what? We should delight in what God has given us. Because when we are delighting in that, uh, we are getting to see all the blessings because of what he has saved us uh, from. What is his delight? Uh, uh, What is it in our life that brings delight? What do we really delight in? We want the whatsoever you do shall prosper. We want all the blessings. But are we walking in the, in the counsel of the ungodly, sitting in the seat, or uh, standing in the way of sinners, sitting in the seat of the scornful? If we're doing that, we're not going to have that promise. We're not going to enjoy those blessings. But just not doing those things isn't going to bring blessings. We also have to delight in the law of God. Delight in his word. And, and here he says uh, that we should delight uh, in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You know what that is? That's checks and balances. You know, we all are busy during the day. There's a thousand things coming at us. We make decisions all the time. You know what? For the believer, we should be taking every decision as they come our way and they should be filtered through. What does God say about this? We're meditating in his law day and night. What is the principles? What are the directions? What are the guiding uh, truths that he has given me? What are the examples of scripture that I can take and I can follow to help me in my life? In his law, doth he meditate day and night? Day and night. 
What is it that we muse on, that we meditate on? His delight is in the law of the Lord. When we wake up in the middle of the night, what is it that we think about? What what is the first thought that you have in the morning? When When I wake up in the middle of the night, my thoughts are of people that I know that, are, that have need. My thoughts are thoughts of prayers. Oftentimes I'm, I feel like God wakes me up just so I can pray for you. You know, our, our relationship with the Lord should not be a Sunday activity. It ought to be a relationship. And here, this blessed individual, there are things that he is not doing, but there are things that he is doing. And this fruitful tree is blessed. We might not understand how it's all going to pencil out. But what we can know is that God's blessings, he is always true. And he always does what he says he's going to do. So blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. We want that. We can have that. But let's follow the recipe. There are things that God has given us in this this passage about that fertile soil. But he's also given us about how that tree, that life, that blessed individual can be fruitful. And in being fruitful, we are fulfilling God's plan for our existence. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness. I pray that you would help us to be fruitful. Help us to to follow uh, the guidance that you have given us in your word. And so help us to grow. Uh, Lord, there are people that have been saved for decades that are here. There are others that it's all new. And so I pray that you would help us, Lord, just to be able to take uh, steps uh, of faith. May the Spirit of God lead us. And then, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to follow, be faithful, so we can enjoy all that you have for us. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand Thank together. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.